With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Are we really the Daily Gopher if gophers cease to exist? That's deep. Uh, we've got Steve, Zips of Akron. I'm still here for it. And you street. Hey, all. Uh, that cheerful hey, all side. Uh, today has been, well, okay, not just today. It's been weird out there, folks. Um, I'm sure we're not the only ones who noticed. Uh, this would be a good time for me to remind you, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. But uh, let's get into the weirdness and how it affects the Gophers. Actually, I'm sorry, no, before the weirdness, the Gophers did actually play basketball yesterday, and they won. And it was weird in its own because they played like crap, and then they blew Northwestern out of the gym. Um, who wants to go first, Street or Steve? Who's got the thoughts? I'll start this off because my partner in crime will be taking over most of the recaps for the rest of Minnesota's hypothetical alternative season that would have occurred absent the virus. <laughs> I think the main thing that I would take away from that game is twofold. One, Nebraska, uh, Northwestern, Nebraska. You clearly can tell what's on our minds. Northwestern is a bad basketball team, and Minnesota is not a bad basketball team. They are a basketball team that underperformed this season. They faced the, depending on how you look at it and which metric you're looking, at least the top three hardest schedule in the country, potentially the hardest, and came away slightly below 500. They had a lot of winnable games that they threw away, certainly down the end of the Big Ten stretch several that we probably would like to run back i think maryland iowa indiana those games go the other way we're having a discussion right now about given that the ncaa tournament has also been canceled what a bummer it is in the minor scheme of life because all things that are meaningless like sports in some sense are minor but what a bummer it is that those players would not be able to go to the ncaa tournament that didn't happen what we did see And the second thing is the one thing that was true all season is with the exception of the Maryland game, if Minnesota shot 38% or better from the three-point line, they won. They usually won rather big. The same was true against Northwestern. Minnesota shot nearly 50% from the field, uh, from distance as well. They made eight out of their first 10 in the second half just absolutely blew Northwestern out of the water. Daniel Latura was two for two on threes, which is great because that means he's going to be drafted as a higher mid to late first round pick than he would be otherwise. And ultimately, I think what is deeply a bummer about this season is knowing that that was always there for the team. It wasn't that Northwestern was so bad that Minnesota was getting shots against Northwestern they got against no other teams. That's not true. It is probably the case that they got more open shots against Northwestern than they might have got against other teams. But they got plenty of wide open shots all season, and they bricked them 
rather consistently. And once those shots didn't go in, it seemed like the effort on defense was not as strong as it would be, or they just didn't eventually have the firepower. They couldn't rest key starters because games were closer than they needed to be, so they couldn't get breaks. Those things is deeply unfortunate to look at this team and go, which a team that's going to finish, incidentally, in a top 30 position at Ken Palm, which is the highest Ken Palm team ever to have a losing record. And it is 100% due to missing wide open threes. So that's that's what I would take away from the Northwestern game. Steve, do you want to expand on that or I mean, I think Alex covered the game itself nicely and, you know, they would, ordinarily in a situation like this, unprecedented of course, you would wonder what could have been, um, especially if this was a if you switch the tables and the Gophers did make those shots and they were a 5 seed or something like that, actually I do I do feel bad for the Illinois fans. Um, but I, I don't sit here wondering what could have been because I think we got a pretty good look at what this team is and what they could have been this year. Um, but they found themselves as a 12 seed in the tournament for a reason. Um, and they had a really, really steep climb to even think about redemption in that tournament. They put themselves in the position off the bubble where they had to win out to even think about getting to the NCAA tournament. Um, and that's just where they put themselves just through um, not finishing off several games that were winnable. Um, and it became a theme more, or even more an MO of their situation. They shot well against bad teams. They had a couple one-off things like against Maryland or Wisconsin where they played uh, well against really good teams. But for the most part, they didn't come to play against the good teams and they beat down on the bad teams. And in a year in the Big Ten when there were way more good teams than there were bad teams, you saw where they ended up. So yeah, tough season. Um, I guess if there was a season to choose where you're just going to cut it short and not wonder what could have been, maybe this is that one. We're not sitting here wondering wow, this was an Elite Eight team and we're never going to get to see it like a lot of teams out there that are probably really feeling feeling bad right now that they couldn't uh, get on the court and uh, improve themselves in, in the bigger tournament. So at this point, are we in agreement that Patino probably not fired? I mean, I don't think you're trying to run a coaching search during a time when discretionary travel has been canceled by the university and, you know... You don't want your new coach, who might be old, to catch coronavirus. Yeah, it's so weird because, I mean, like, you push the pause button here. I mean, this isn't like it's the third or fourth round or, like, the final four and, like, things have basically, the chips have fallen where they may. This is, like, in the middle of the conference tournament season, even just, like, a few days after the turn of the regular season. So people are still trying to prove themselves and show that they have the coaching chops, A, or that, you know, players are still trying to come into their own. I mean, it's... It's a weird time to stop the season, and it's early enough where it feels like you're basically putting pushing that reset button and starting over, like almost looking at it like a wash. And I fully realize that, yes, we're you know, 90, 90, 95% of the way through the season, but when you push the pause slash reset button, when there's still a bunch of show and prove time left, it's really hard to, sh- to, to, to hold someone up against, like, like, you look at their body of work and hold them responsible for it when they didn't get the chance to really finish it out. So, And I'm not saying that just for the Gophers either, but think about all the other folks that were out there trying to show and prove still and still had some rope left to really make some um, some cool moments happen, put some feathers in their cap. Um, I feel like across the board you're going to have a lot of reset buttons and just say, okay, well, it was a strange year. Let's just see where we go next year. Yeah, Patino's coming back next year. 
to be fair, I think Bettina was probably coming back next year regardless. And I say that for two reasons. The first one is that they're short of a lot of fan revolt and fan apathy. It is very weird to say, I'm going to keep Bettino after last season just because he made the NCAA tournament, but I'm going to let him go in a season for which no one expected them to make the NCAA tournament. So in some sense, you might look at Patino's coaching job this year and say, actually, he outperformed expectations if you are Mark Coyle. That's one. Secondly, it doesn't seem that there is another candidate that Mark Coyle knew he was going to have in the back pocket ready to go, or at least top two or top three. And if that was the case, Patino probably would be let go. You would be hearing about that right now, and you would be hearing that transition plan coming because... There's no real reason that just making the NCAA tournament, so a really great run in the Big Ten tournament, should change your mind at all about that either. And I thought that before, of course, uh, the the pandemic and the public health emergency occurring. Since the public health emergency occurring, for all the reasons you mentioned, it also seems very weird to want to run a coaching search, particularly if nothing else, you are basically saying for this first year you have a totally lost recruiting period. Yeah, I was, God, this would be, It's this is just weird. There's not going to be recruiting, spring football, no baseball, no softball, no track, nothing. It's all gone. Um, I guess my question would be, Andy, I'm going to go to you, Andy. Like what, what part of this being done is the weirdest for you, most disappointing? And I should be clear, we, I think this is, anyone who's listening to us knows us pretty well. We know where sports fall in the grand scheme here. Like everyone being safe is the number one thing. Sports is like number 4,000. But we're at least until about two weeks from now when we run out of sporting content, if not like two days from now. Uh, there's, you know, some, uh, some things to talk about still. And one of those is the fact that we've got players that we were excited to see in the spring that we won't get to see. And that's, I don't know. Let me jump in real quick. Simon Barnes was a writer. He used to write for the Times, the English version. He was their lead sports writer. He has a great book, which is called The Meaning of Sport. I recommend it for everyone. The thesis of that book that Barnes puts forward is that the reason why sports have meaning is precisely that they are themselves meaningless. If we're being real honest, we're cheering for laundry. Uh, We like ours maroon and gold, and we don't like ours red and white, but we're cheering for laundry on some level. But it is precisely that meaninglessness that's important because it allows you to imbue meaning into the sport. So it's not just a recognition that sports fall down substantially lower. I had no one on this podcast, and I had no one in the blog, and honestly no rational, reasonable human is suggesting that things should go on or take precedent. But I think it is also very fair if you are a sports fan, i.e. that is how you derive a lot of your entertainment, that you no longer have that outlet because sports provide you a outlet, not just for entertainment, but for something to kind of hold on to, a sense of community, a sense of 
of uh, feeling like something good is happening. And certainly people who are extended sports fans and basically anyone who's listening to this podcast, the highs of winning kind of carry you and make you feel a little bit better during the day. When your team loses, you feel a little bit worse. The fact that sports are low down on the list does not mean that it shouldn't be something where you feel like this sucks because frankly, it does suck. It of course sucks substantially more for the people who are explicitly part of it, the players, coaches, their family, their extended. It sucks for all of the people whose economic livelihood is going to be affected by this, bars, restaurants, stadium, any hourly workers, people who are actively involved in the economics of sports. But even if you're just simply a fan, that's definite reasons to also say that this is deeply, deeply unfortunate. And one of the reasons it's deeply unfortunate is because it is going to affect major industries, one of which in the United States happens to be sports. I think that's the best summary I've heard on that. I like Thanks, Street. All right, well, keeping with that, since we're all fans and we're all <laughs> disappointed that we don't get to enjoy sport for a TBD amount of time, Andy, what are you going to miss most uh, from the end of this winter season and the spring season that won't happen? Well, I mean, I think the – the most obvious answer for anybody is going to be March Madness and the NCAA tournament. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to really sink in until you try and turn on the bracket announcement Sunday and it's not on, and you try and turn on the first-round games next week and you're watching soap operas instead of basketball on CBS. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's going to be the biggest thing. No bracket pools, no, you know, that that's just going to be crazy. Um you know, from a from a gopher standpoint, um, you know, you had you had the gopher women's hockey team who was in the NCAA tournament. You had the men making a run to try and see if they could finally get past Penn State to make a run into the tournament. Um, you know, you had spring sports completely wiped out. Um, you know, you have Max Meyer, pitcher for the gopher baseball team. There no guarantee he'll be back. Um, you know, since he's now in theory draft eligible when that comes around here this summer. Uh, Amber Pfizer, the star softball pitcher for the Gopher softball team, having her career end, um, you know, just like that. Um, you know, and, and how about that? The Gopher softball team was in Hawaii. How would you like to find out it probably would have been about 9 a.m. Hawaii time that your season's over and you now need to try and figure out a way to get home to the Twin Cities from Honolulu? Um, so that, that, that's, you know... All that's just going to be crazy to, to not be able to see here the next few months. And, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing overall, not only just March Madness, is just going to be, you know, we, we pretty much rely on, on seeing sports on, on TV. Um, you know, I'm, I'm watching ESPN right now, and they just showed literally what, what sports are still going on. And it's PGA Tour Golf, NASCAR, UFC, and boxing. That's it. Um... Wait, I thought they I thought they canceled the whatever big trip, the third appearance of the third matchup of whoever because I don't care well, at I, all about I, boxing. I, I whatever ESPN's got some boxing match on Saturday night. I don't know who it is. It's not. A, <laughs> and apparently UFC is in Brazil, so they're letting them fight in Brazil because um, I guess they're not worried about coronavirus in Brazil. I don't know. Don't ask me. But um, and then you've got you know I guess. It'll be interesting to see. I know PGA Tour is playing without 
playing without fans and, you know, golf, you can get enough separation that you're not necessarily worried about it. I'm assuming fans aren't going to be allowed at the NASCAR race, but I guess I haven't officially seen that. Um, you know, it's just going to be weird. Like I said, I, I was flipping around trying, you know, normally I'd be watching one of about 18 basketball games on right now. Instead, I'm watching a loop on SportsCenter just talk about everything that's happened today. And when you really sit down and realize everything that's happened today, I mean, this has just been insane. So here's a here's a terrible thought. Are we going to be treated to like nine hours of first take if you're watching ESPN? I thought I saw somebody, one of the sports business journals, tweet out what ESPN's plan is. And apparently, literally, ESPN's plan is to pretty much just run SportsCenter nonstop. Like, and and I well I mean that and that's the thing it's like and how long can you get away with that is I'm sitting here watching Jay Billis interviewing with the Sports Center anchors he's standing on a random basketball court with empty seats behind him it's like you know how, how long are you going to be able to watch that now I did see somebody you know again and this is too good of an idea so it'll never happen but somebody's like well since we're not going to be able to watch the real NCAA tournament they should go back in their archive library of footage and they should basically just play the best 32 first round games of all time the best 16 round of 32 games of all time but do it in real time i mean cbs in theory already has those spots booked tbs and whatever already has those spots booked why not i mean people would watch it yeah can you imagine watching the gonzaga florida game from was that 1998 or ninety nine. Oh God! We actually watched well, like the the the, uh, the Valpo game, the Scott well, Drew Valpo game. Just just think of the arguments when they don't play that. You know, when when you get down to, can you try and pick the best four Elite Eight games of all time? You would have nationwide arguments trying to decide which ones would get in and which ones would get snubbed. I mean, it would be it would be an attention grabber and something that we need a distraction. But like I said, the idea is so good, so it'll never happen. We'll be watching soap opera reruns on CBS, and we'll be watching a James Bond marathon on TNT for the 18,000th time. So, I mean, it's just... Um, that that will be the great the great divider, is going to be what will we do to, to occupy our time? And obviously, we're in much better spot now than we would have been, say, 15 years ago with that, with entertainment options. But it's still going to be, all right, I'm coming home from work. I'm getting ready to turn on the NBA. Uh, I'm going to, okay, well, we'll see what NHL get. Oh, it's baseball opening. What, what are we so, going to do? That's a good question. We're normally a uh, bourbon blog with a gopher problem. That's the joke. Uh, with no gophers, what are we pairing with our bourbon? <laughs> I mean, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to need an outlet. Like, this 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 is a weird time. Writing is something that helps me typically in weird times. I think I'm going to want to write something. What what do you want to write? What does everyone want to do? Like if we can't talk about gophers, what do we want to podcast about? What do we want to write about? I mean I'm I don't I'm interested. What what uh street if you had to pick a a topic to pontificate about, what would it be? Well, let's be honest. I've never needed a reason to pontificate about a topic, coronavirus or otherwise. (laughs) 
I suspect that in terms of what we are going to write about, if I am to be so bold, I think there will be a lot more discussion about other aspects of entertainment. I suspect what is on Netflix and or other streaming devices will be something the blog will spend a lot more about. It's possible I will dust off terrible sports movie reviews, uh, once again giving me an opportunity to rewatch Draft Day and ponder that the most ridiculous aspect of that movie is not that a Browns general manager trades three number one picks, but that it works out. Other than that, I think that you'll see a lot of kind of other alternative content. Certainly for those who are listening to the podcast, anything that you find interesting, please let us know. We would be happy to take suggestions. That's not just because we don't have ideas from our own editorial position, but also this is one of the things that we quite like about our blog, especially when it's working quite well, is the sense of community that we've built and ways of continuing to engage that community are important to us. You're going to watch Draft Day again? Why? Why? I'm not saying I'm going to specifically watch Draft Day again. Truly phenomenally bad movie. But I, I suspect there are plenty of terrible sports movies that we have not yet covered in in-depth uh, to review on the blog. There is an old Disney movie, Brink, which is about, I think, competitive roller skating. That might that might make an appearance. <laughs> Steve, what? Uh, how, how do you think you want to... Well, I mean, short of this... Uh, narrative epic that I that you're you're crafting uh, with the Gopher basketball team. Uh, what else would you find yourself uh, drawn to? Well, I was going to give a uh, uh, a streaming pick um, here. I so I got my serious pick. I'll call it serious, but uh, I'm currently into Russian Doll on Netflix. Very bingeable. Um, but if you're looking for something a little lighter for some of your staying in fare, uh, I'm we're done watching this, but. If you're into reality TV, Netflix put out this show called Love is Blind, and it's crazy. Um, it might be for you folks who can't stand to watch The Bachelor, but basically the premise is they take, um, let's say, 10 or 15 men, 10 or 15 women, and they have to meet each other, and they can only they can only, only interact through a wall. They can't see each other. They can only uh, develop their relationship through a wall by talking to each other. Um, and the idea is they get engaged. And they can't see each other until they get engaged. And they have 30, 30 days to get married after that. Um, and it's a social experiment to see, can you truly love someone who you've never actually seen face-to-face? Ten episodes, you blow right through them, and it's pretty crazy. I mean... Are you in? Andy? Do you, I was going to ask Andy if you wanted to dissect the uh, season finale of The Bachelor with me. What are your What are your thoughts on Barb, Andy? Um, I can honestly say that my literal only knowledge of Barb is reading tweets about Barb. So I'm going to pass on that one. Thanks. I mean, you should be able to say Barb sucks if all you read was tweets about her. I don't know. I saw a split decision. A lot of people like Barb too. So yes, you know. Uh, who are these monsters? Identify them. They must be cast out. Well, you, you can go. You you can go on the deep dive on Twitter yourself. I mean, that's 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 your own time and whatever you want to spend it on. You have fun with that. But no, I mean it. it it's it's going to be interesting. I mean it. It you know as a, as a father of four year old twins, um, trying to figure out if we do get stuck in a in a home quarantine situation which let's be honest they go to daycare so it's probably only a matter of when not if um it is going to be an interesting 
few weeks and uh, you know trying to find things to stimulate yourself at night after watching six hours of various PBS kids slash Dick Jr. shows is, is going to be something that will be uh, a struggle to try and do, you know. Um, from a sports perspective, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm interested to see how much the NFL really just tries to jump in the void. Because in theory, free agency is supposed to be starting next week. And obviously people are going to be mock drafting the hell out of mock drafts for the next six weeks if the NFL draft is going to go when it's going to go. Um, you know, at least from, from a gopher standpoint, that'll give us some things to look at and potentially content as we've got at least three gophers that have a decent shot at getting drafted, maybe even four if, you know, things completely break the right way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be weird, you know, um, as, as I saw a tweet earlier is, you know, you, you don't, you don't think of your life in chunks, but you think in your life in chunks and, you know, and there people, a lot of people older, our parents who lived through, you know, the, the Kennedy assassination was a, it's a moment that changed time. And for us, obviously nine 11 was, and you can pretty much now basically put this as a bookend on the, on the post nine 11 era. You know, it, it was 19 years, 18 and a half years. And, and now we've had another major country slash world changing event that will be the start of the next different era that will go on until something else happens. And it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that's just sort of, you know, when you sit back and think of it, you can get in your own head, but it's, it's kind of crazy to, to realize you were watching this in real time and not necessarily reading about it in a book, you know? So I'm going to, that, all that's very good. I, I want to go more back to the fact of you being trapped watching children's programming. Because good blogging is essentially taking uh, somebody else's good content idea and putting your own spin on it. Uh, I would like to propose that you do your own version of uh, Drew McGarry's dad spin uh, where he started talking about like the children's programming. Like You don't have to do it in his format, but I would love to see a, an... And Andy ranks children's TV shows from uh, worst to slightly less worst. Well, if we ever get to the point where I'm stuck in uh, in, in full lockdown mode, uh, that that may happen. We're, I'm going to try and uh, keep my sanity for a little while longer. But uh, but yes, we can probably expect some random horrible cartoon content coming at some point in the near near future. Yes. Excellent. I'm excited. Uh, final question for the three of you. Why are people hoarding toilet paper? I, I really don't understand it. I, I have a hypothesis. Go for it. As mentioned earlier, never requires me to have any real detail to pontificate on something. So here's the challenge that you might have. You are uh, you. So you are Chris. You are a normal person. You do not happen to be very sick in any way whatsoever. The odds of you having uh, extended bowel movements consistently such as you run through toilet paper, kind of non-existent. But you notice that other people are hoarding a supply, toilet paper, and those people are doing so in relatively large quantities. And so you have two pieces of information now. The first piece of information is maybe my view that I don't need toilet paper is wrong because lots of other people are hoarding. And at least maybe I should update or think about that in context of new data. Secondly, 
toilet paper as a commodity is not something that we just immediately replace. There's a logistics plan for that, which means if lots of people are hoarding it such that toilet paper runs out before I'm able to get toilet paper, I will not be able to get that resource. And if I don't have it, it is a critical resource. As a consequence, I too am going to try and hoard, hoard toilet paper. That is my hypothesis. It is silly in the sense that the people who are out hoarding toilet paper definitely didn't need it. And in any other situation, someone walking been like, look, I need 235 rolls of toilet paper or whatever would cause the person who was checking them out to definitely wash their hands after interacting with that person. But now that's just something that happens all the time regardless. All right, so that makes rational sense to me for like the third person in the toilet paper hoarding chain. What in the world is making the first person hoard toilet paper? I mean, that person is either reacting out of deep worry, they're very scared, and so they're just trying to grab a lot of their own supplies, thinking they won't leave the house for a while. They are purely irrational. Or third, and honestly, the like best slash worst of all of this, they just happen to need toilet paper. And so, like, they went and got, you know, their two or three... They poop a lot, in other words. They poop a lot. Wait, sure, like, they poop a lot. We're just like, you know, you go, like, buy toilet paper, what, like, once every couple months or something, you get, like, a bunch of rolls at that point, and they chill in your closet. So you're just that person. For you, it's a Wednesday, except you happen to do it at precisely the time that that might cause an irrational run for other people. Well, it'd be the one thing if you're just buying the one package, but... You know, you've got the you've got the people literally loading up four, five, six packages of the forty-eight mega rolls, and it's like, I I mean, yeah, that's something I just don't get. I mean, I I I stopped into a few local stores today, and I mean, I was in I was in my local Target at two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, and it looked like it was nine forty-five on a Saturday morning. I'm guessing that tons of people just decided, you know what? Yep, time to take off work and and do our shopping because who knows what's going to come up because it was just absolutely insanely packed and yeah i mean people were grabbing all sorts of stuff and and things like that and you know and, and some of it makes sense but i mean i we don't we don't live in hurricane zone so we're not used to this level of hoarding i mean i've never in my entire life seen the canned fruit shelf at a target completely bare like it was today like there was literally not a can left and so it's like, it, it it's just, yeah, it, it, I think it's just a weird sort of, you know, fear instinct kicking in where people are just hoarding everything. And the problem with that is you get the people that are looking for things and then you get the absolute a-holes in the world is uh, flipping through things. Uh, not here locally, but there's an article apparently out of Vancouver where basically this couple is going around to all the local Vancouver Costco's and stores and they're buying up every morning are basically buying up as much of the Lysol or cleaning wipes and everything like that as they can. And then they're reselling them on Amazon. And they're, supposedly they've already made like a $10,000 in profits in like the last week. Those are the people that we should just absolutely hate right now. And it's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to see a lot of people coming together, but you always got to remember there's always the assholes out there. I would normally make a joke about them being Wisconsin fans. Am I still allowed to make a joke about them being Wisconsin fans? 
It's certainly the case that Wisconsin fans frequently overlap with people who are assholes, but in this point, I would say probably not. I think that this is more of a human problem and not necessarily explicitly a Badger fan problem. Okay, I'll retract that Wait, so there's, joke that I made by not making it. They're still playing high school basketball in Minnesota? Oh, yeah. What? I'm confused about that. <laughs> So yeah, for whatever reason, the 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 high school league was a little slow on the uptake. So, they the the girls' state tournament is going on right now. Uh, they are still playing it, and in fact, today they were still having normal crowds, starting tomorrow. So for the the single A and double A, the small school semifinals, and then for the championship games on Saturday, they're going to what everybody was going to abide by, which was the basically two hundred person limit you know each school gets a hundred tickets and whatever and and they play in front of an empty gym um it will be interesting to see the boys state tournament is next week and how things progress if they still try and and play this or if they're going to uh if they're going to do something else um but from from just my twitter watching it looks like you know, a lot of state tournaments are still going on. Iowa's state tournament's going on right now, and they're doing the same crowd control. Wisconsin's state tournament's going on at the Kohl Center, and they're doing the same crowd control. So for whatever reason, the, the high school leagues aren't uh, quite going all in on the full cancellation like, like the NCAA and the professional sports are. But um, it'll be interesting to see, again, as I'm watching Twitter, apparently the Minnesota governor is having a press conference at some point Friday morning to basically go over Minnesota's... Um, you know, contingency plans, and it'll be interesting if he follows suit of a lot of the other governors, which basically says we're outlawing anything over 250 people, um, and how that might affect the uh, the rest of the state tournaments going forward. But uh, but yeah, they're they're still playing for right now. Um, it, it it'll be interesting to see um, how long they can get away with that. Well, these are uh, these are strange times, friends. Uh, we will be here. We will be on the blog. Uh, we will be writing what exactly we'll be writing. We'll figure it out. But, uh, if you, again, like street said, if you have suggestions, uh, stick them in the comments, um, things that you want to write yourself. Hey, we still got fan posts. Um, and whatever you're doing out there, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of the people around you. Wash your hands. Social distancing. Um, not just for yourself, but for uh, anybody you know or don't know who is uh, you know, more at risk to this whole thing. And uh, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat. Mm-hmm.